It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of The Table. My name is Jason Squires, and uh, this is the, the mentor chat as we wrap up our month of October talking about team conflict. Um, and before we get into that, uh, let's let's go around and kind of and see who's in here today. Darnisha, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey everyone, my name is Darnisha Taylor. I am the worship pastor at Baylife Church in Brandon, Florida, and I'm so excited to be here today to talk about a great topic. Love it. How about you, Grant? Hello, everybody. My name is Grant Norsworthy, although any listeners in my home country of New Zealand might want to hear me say Grant Norsworthy because we have a different accent, <laughs> turns out. But uh, yeah, uh, I um, head up a thing called More Than Music Mentor, which provides training for the heart and the art of worshipping musicians. Love it. Love it. <laughs> you know where I went with that. I yeah. Was, I was the, was the English You want me to say heart or heart? Heart, heart yeah. and art. Heart and art. art. Yep. Anyway, yes, moving that's on. Moving on. Hi, Brian. How about you? Hey, everybody. I'm Brian Taylor, worship and creative pastor in Dallas, Texas, and also uh, lead the worship and creative arts division of Slingshot Group, help churches and nonprofits build remarkable teams. This is going to be a good, this is going to be good today. We're talking about conflict. Who's mm -hmm. excited? I'm excited. And yeah. this is one of those podcasts that everyone just hit next to the next episode. They're like, we don't want to talk about, <laughs> we don't, we don't talk about conflict. Um, but hey, let's jump in here. So it's, it's easy to ignore when ignore the tension when it's rising in your team. Kind of go, ah, that's tomorrow's problem. Like, I don't want to deal with it right now. But meanwhile, things start to grow and kind of begin to take on a life of their own. Talk to the person right who is sitting back thinking it's okay to let it go and kind of sweep it, sweep it under the rug. Why would you say it's important to address it but, um, sooner rather than later? Darnisha, why don't you kind of kick us off there? Sure. Well, I would say something I've learned over the years is whatever you allow to fester that's not um, taking care, that's not being handled or taken care of is only going to become worse. And so there are some cases where your team is capable of navigating that on their own. But a lot of times what I've observed is unless you set a, a precedence or you set an example of how to deal with conflict, people don't know how to. And so one of the things that I like to do when I'm first um, interviewing a new team member um, is to let them know how we will deal with conflict, because I expect that conflict will happen. Why? Not because we don't love each other or care about each other, but because we're all different people. Yep. We come from different places. We come from different experiences. And so therefore, making conflict something that isn't a mystery or that isn't like, oh, no, we never have conflict in church. It's just not, it's just not reasonable. It's not fair. It's not godly. It's like, this is going to happen. It's okay if it happens that we talk about it and we deal with it. So kind of taking some of the, the enemy's uh, dark shadow about it out of, out of the whole thing sort of helps people to go, oh, okay, well, it's all right to bring up things that we might not agree with where one, um, if I don't agree, I might think that 
I shouldn't say anything about it. And the longer it goes without saying something about it, it becomes something when normal, when it might not actually be anything. If I have permission to say, Hey, I, I wonder about such and such, or I was, I, I didn't understand this. And so I'd love to talk about it more. So, um, I have found when you sort of take the mystery out of it, give people permission to deal with it, it takes the scariness away and the division, the opportunity for division to happen. So I think it's important to deal with it, especially if you can start dealing with it before the conflict happens. Oh, I love that. You just get it out there. Just say it. Just like get it open. It's going to happen. We're going to deal with it. And I want to keep the kind of our mission the same, like not let it detract from what we're doing. Uh, that's, exactly. that's, that's huge. Brian, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I, I 100% agree with all of that. And as you were talking, I, I was thinking, you know, you have really two options. You can either have a culture by design, or you can have a culture by default. And if you have a culture by design, that level of intentionality, getting ahead of it, being proactive, you know, kind of uh, stepping over the awkwardness to address the things that need to be addressed, those those kinds of actions as a leader, they produce the kind of healthy culture that I think we all want to have. A culture by default means, well, we we might address it, we might not address it. We, we might have the conversation, we might not. Something might happen and I might wait six months before I say something and make what was a small issue a bigger issue. Having a culture by default is like a sinkhole. Uh, you don't always see it. Uh, until it's reached a point where everything above it is going to collapse and your culture will just completely collapse. The team will collapse all because you have these unaddressed deficits and things beneath the surface um, that as leaders, we're called to steward with intentionality. We're called to have a culture by design and not by default. Love it. Love it. That's by design and by default. Those are two. Either way, it's going to happen. That's uh, it's amazing. Uh, Grant, what are you what are you thinking over there? Oh, I I cannot be on this podcast claiming to be an expert in this area. Um, I feel like I've got a lot a lot to learn, and I'm listening to what you guys are saying and appreciating that. You know, I think part of the issue here, though, is that we we want to have a we want to have especially within a Christian church culture, we want to have a, a a culture that's dominated by love and this this otherworldly love, like this God love that's it's, it's long suffering and we, you know, we don't keep a record of wrongs and we're, we're slow to anger. So, uh, you know, we want little offenses to happen and just bounce off, you know, just, we just roll through them. Um, so we want to have a team of people who are okay when someone rubs us the wrong way a little bit, but that can go too far. You know, if you find yourself after the fact losing sleep or, you know, something's dwelling on you, then we've got to know how to deal with that. And, and that's honestly, that's, that's an area I'm struggling with. What are the things that I should just let, you know, run off my back like water off a duck? And what are the things that need to be, excuse me, everybody, or excuse me, you individual person, I need to raise an issue. That's, that's what I, I, I just don't know uh, about that, but maybe the team can speak into that. But yeah, we, we definitely want to want to deal with issues. I th want to have a culture where we know how to um, deal with hurt when when those hurts happen but we also need to be people who uh bear with one another you know we we're, we're not oversensitive um and i think that that's not a one size fits all that's for different people in different situations uh there might be a different sort of ledger there 
Yeah, and Grant, you walk into situations like I do a lot because because you and I both are on the road. Um, have you walked? Can you walk? You don't need to obviously call out the church here, but like if you walk, <laughs> you walked into a scenario where you're like the the tension is high, and you can just feel it. Versus walking into a scenario where you're like, this is a team that uh, has kind of has a healthy space. You can. Well, you, I, you you sent you sent me the uh, the questions for the, this podcast, and I just went, oh, how did Jason know what happened just three weeks ago? Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> you know where. Yeah, so so just so the listeners know, like I'm a guy who will go to a church and spend one weekend with them or maybe a little longer um, doing what I call a, a more than music mentor training weekend. Um, and I've, I've sort of put a few things in place that I have found really reduce the chances of any of those tensions happening, which is things like I've got a, I've got a, a document that it says how to get the most out of your workshop weekend. And it talks about having the most senior leader stand in front of the team because I'm a guest. I'm walking in front of this team. I'm in front of a room of maybe 20, 30, sometimes as many as 100 different people, but from a particular church. And it's like we, I need the most senior leader saying, hey, we've brought in this outsider. He is here to teach us. He is going to teach. Be teachable. That can help a lot. And then there's a lot of information about, you know, how to have the different team members, especially the band who are going to be in the band. You know, like I'm actually – move through some heart issues into some musical technical issues. And uh, they need to be really well prepared. They need to know what the songs we're going to work on together, what my expectations are for personal preparation. They need to know all that. When those things fall over, as they did three weeks ago, I know there's probably going to be trouble. So, like, no one got up in front of the, the team to, that's a respected local leader saying, this is our guest. He is here to teach us. It was a very casual, here's this guy. Here he is. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, great. And then the drummer says, oh, yeah, I didn't open any of those emails. I didn't learn the songs. I, I, I don't know them. I'm like, okay, here we oh. go. Uh, I know that my job just got 10 times harder. And yep. sure, sure enough, the end of the workshop, it's the drummer who's annoyed because I'm having to stop <laughs> often and say, hey, drummer, and I'm using his name, of course, which I won't right now. Uh, not like that, like this. It's really important, you know. And and I'm saying things like this would have been obvious from the personal preparation you should have done before this. And I had to say similar things to him multiple times, and he felt, you know, offended. Yeah. Uh, so, what was the question? Yeah, <laughs> you're good. I think that's my heart here. Because I, I lose sleep over that stuff. That really, yeah. I don't want to upset anybody, but I do all I can to try and make sure it doesn't happen. But it still does. Yep. Because I'm there to, because one of the things I'm teaching is the importance of personal preparation. Yep. Another thing I'm teaching is there's, there's, there's a, a hierarchy of authority here, you know, that you need to come under. Um, and they're tough and lessons. Not to, to learn. mention you're working with artists. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's another, that's a whole other podcast. But uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say something very culturally insensitive. I found that I love New Zealand and I love the church in New Zealand. But New Zealand musicians seem to be even more sensitive than Australian or American musicians. You know, just like whoa, you know, like they the the, the culture that I work in here and I love New Zealand, um, but it is very. Don't tell me to do anything different. You know, even more like I've found that it, that it, there's something beautiful about American culture, which is if if you're an authority on something, tell us, speak to us, teach us. Yeah, 
wow, you've got these awards, you've got all this this history, this record, then you obviously know this thing better than I do. Tell me. It's not like that in New Zealand. Hmm. Not not as a and I'm making a gross generalization, but you've got to be aware sure. that, that 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 thinner layer of uh yeah, there's there's a thinner layer that that is easier to break through. I found in New Zealand than anywhere else in the world. I've done this coaching. Grant, I think you just blessed a bunch of American worship leaders and worship pastors who are having oh. that experience in their American churches, <laughs> yeah. and are yeah. also believing God for the kind of team that's like, yes, give me the feedback. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, well, and not to say I've, I mean, I, I've upset American musicians as well in churches. Sure, you know, it's sort of a world I I have to move in, and I have to be okay with it, you know, and I, I have to really always question my delivery of information you know and i I look back and probably the sixth time i had to address that drummer there was a little bit of vinegar in my delivery that i had to take responsibility for and i i apologize to him you know because you know i've learned this from married life if i've upset my wife and she uh lets me know she's upset there's no point in me telling her that she shouldn't be upset at that point i've just got to apologize for upsetting her yeah. You know, now if later on, after I've delivered a clean apology for upsetting her, if later on I feel like maybe I want to speak about that, then maybe I will. But like with this with this drummer that I'm talking about, he's upset, so I've got to have a conversation with him, and I've got to say I'm really sorry for upsetting you, and I have to own that. It's got to start with that because what you look conflict resolution, I think, happens when you've got two parties who both recognise that they have something to apologize for. Yeah. What you don't want is two parties thinking the other one is the only one that needs to apologize. And I think part of my discipling would say, if you've hurt someone, if you upset someone, whether they should be upset or not is irrelevant at that point. It might become relevant later, but you need to own that. So I've had a big conversation with that drummer since about an hour on a phone call. And I think, it's really, we've got a really good relationship now. And yeah. I'll tell you what, if we play together again, he's going to do his homework. He's going to do, do personal preparation, you know, yeah. if we get to play together ready again. For it. But, yeah. I, but I've, I, have, I have had to start with, man, I, I upset you. I, I think I added some vinegar to uh, my delivery sometimes, and I'm sorry for that. And I need to, for, for my part, I need to hear I forgive you or something like that, you know. Okay, that's done. And then later in the conversation, I was able to say, hey, uh, one of the things I was trying to teach was personal preparation is needed. And I was the musical director. It was my job to teach you. That was, that's what I was there for. And he goes, yeah, I see that now. And I was like, and we were heading into a, a three-day conference for 250 pastors. Was I going to have you drum these songs however you want to or was I going to have to show you how they go? Yeah, I guess you had to show me how they went if I didn't do the homework. That's exactly right, mate. That's what I had to do. So we end up with a much better relationship after that. But you know, you gotta you gotta lead with a hey, look, I'm sorry I hurt you. That's that's what I found anyway, and mean it. Yeah. Gosh, I love that. I love that it ended it ended with health and 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 that that scenario ended at a place where the relationship is stronger and better for it. Um yeah. now let's talk about like explosion. So if what happens like when a blow up is happening and I mean, we've been there, I've, I've been there, maybe you've been there or maybe in a rehearsal, a team member literally walks out 
like frustration has been mounted to a point where it's like, I can't even be here. Um, how do you like help, help us navigate that? Cause that, that is something that I hope it never happens, but let's be honest, it does. And tempers fly and, you know, we've let that thing grow to a point where it shouldn't be, or something just kind of hit the wrong way. Um, Brian, do you have some thoughts there to kind of kick us off on that one? Yeah. Um, so here's, here's the, my, my thing on that. To me, that's a discipleship issue. If I've got members of my worship team blowing up in a rehearsal, uh, that to me is an indicator that I have not done the best job discipling the people that I've handed influence to. Mm. Uh, my, my children sometimes blow up in the kitchen. I've had people in the store that I've observed blow up because they don't like the way that somebody is, uh, you know, talking to them in the store. But when I think of someone, you know, those kinds of explosions happening, of course, my like, like uh, the first thought is ever, take a breath, right? Because the human inclination is to match energy. Somebody's blowing up at you, you're going to want to naturally maybe blow up at them. Or you might match the energy in reverse and completely withdraw and remove yourself and give them complete, you know, free reign to say and do whatever. So I would say, number one, take a breath. Number two, uh, I think it's really appropriate for us to press pause on whatever we're doing. I don't, if that, uh, I, I cannot really think of a time that that has happened to me in a in a public environment, though I've had pe plenty of people in difficult conversations get heated. But if they're walking out of rehearsal or thing, we can't just assume like everything is okay. Yeah. And that the team is just going to be able to move forward. So I think it's appropriate to take a little pause, ask everybody to take a break and pull that person aside maybe take somebody with you. If you have another trusted leader, have a conversation and, um, you know, then you apply some of the standard kind of rules of conflict resolution. It's important, I think, for us as leaders to acknowledge what they're thinking, how they're feeling, validate it. Doesn't mean you affirm it, but just, okay, if, if you're thinking that, no wonder you feel this way. Like if you're thinking that this, this you know, comment that I made or something was harsh and insensitive. No wonder you're you're feeling frustrated, or no wonder you're feeling, you know, angry, or you're feeling dejected or down. And then you take the time uh, to respond and say, "I I can see why you're there and and how you're thinking." And like Grant said, you take the ownership of saying, "Listen, if my if my words offended you, or if that action offended you, that I am sorry. I, I apologize for that deeply." And and then I think you, that's an instance where uh, when someone blows up in public, I don't think you can only address it in private. People mm. blow up in private, you can address it in private. But when there's that kind of incursion in the environment of a team, I think it's important for you to acknowledge that with a team member. I think that would be the day I would say, I'm going to let you be released from serving today, uh, give you a chance to cool down and address the team will go on. And then when you get back with the team, just say, listen, I got to acknowledge what just happened. We're not going to move past it. We're not going to expose and uncover, right? We had a great conversation. You know, we were able to get some resolution there. We're going to move forward with the day, take a moment to pray, recenter the team and, and then move forward. I mean, but again, I'm, 
all of that, I have to go back to the foundation and say, what have I done as a leader to not disciple my people to the point or who I'm making that invitation to that they don't have a level of maturity to be able to step in to those kinds of environments and navigate uh, potential conflict in a way um, that honors God and honors the influence that they've been extended and honors the rest of the team that's in the circle. I love the come up a level, the 30,000 foot view and go, what, what, did, what happened to get us here? And kind of like addressing that and go, oh my gosh, this is not just today's problem. This is a problem that has like led to here. And now, now it's just kind of like, this is where it exploded, but it's been growing. It's like what Grant said. It's like, if, if I only think the other person is the problem, then I'm going to approach that conversation so differently. And if that happened to me, my first thought is I have failed as a leader Mm. because this should not be something that happens on my watch. I, I should, I should, I should be in front of this and not trying to catch up to it. Yeah. Grant, what are you thinking? Yeah, um, there's a there's a Bible verse in First Corinthians chapter four, verse four that says, um, "My conscience is clear; that does not make me innocent." And I don't want to have that verse in the Bible, to be honest. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> like right. when a blow up happens, when there's a conflict, I, I want to think that I'm the innocent one, and it's this other person; they're the problem. And the, and we're going to have a blow up, quote unquote, or you know, have this be really ugly for our team. If both people are thinking I'm the innocent one, they're the guilty one, right? So we have to keep this, especially if you're a leader. My conscience can be clear, but I still might have something to apologize for. That's what Brian and I are both trying to say here. And we can take responsibility for contributing something that caused this blow-up to happen. Um, and that's that's a good starting point. And that's a culture that I would be trying to have throughout my team and if we're discipling a team on an ongoing basis just know that your conscience can be clear as the apostle paul writes for us i believe inspired by the holy spirit to write exactly these words your conscience can be clear that doesn't mean you've got nothing to apologize for um and and the holy spirit might convict convict you of something later but right now you can let these these words come out of your mouth i am sorry that i made this offense happen by my delivery or by whatever it is and then, then we're on a, a good footing to bring about conflict resolution because people need to know that whatever they're feeling is valid. You know, it, it's, it's, if someone blows up in a moment, we can't say your feelings shouldn't be happening. They didn't decide to have those feelings. They are happening. So you sort of can meet people with two things, I think, validating their feelings not necessarily the way they've responded to their feelings, but you can validate their feelings and you can apologize for your contribution to the, to the blow up and then see if you can see if you can move to somewhere from there. Darnesha, what are you thinking? So um, it's very rare. I would say that something like this happens where someone has an actual blow up in a, in a group setting, they may have more of a meltdown. That's than a yeah. That's a good word. Yep. Good point. Um, when I have seen a blow up happen, I uh, recently, I don't know how recently, but there was a blow up that happened, but it wasn't as a result of anything that like there was a conflict in 
between the people. This person in particular had a mental issue that they were dealing, that they hadn't dealt with and stress caused to cause them to trigger. Mm. And it had nothing to do with anybody offending them. It had nothing to do with what they disagreed with, nothing like that. And so external, huh? Correct. Correct. And so I think as a leader, recognizing that in those cases, many times you need to let the gas off. You need to completely let off of any pressure and figure out how do I help this person get to a place where they can calm and come back to themselves. So we have to recognize what we're dealing with, that you're not, in many cases, you're not, if it's a blow up, again, this is just my observation. If it's a blow up, it's oftentimes what they're dealing with and it's something that has been triggered for them in their mental capacity. If it's a meltdown or a, uh, uh, like they pull away or they quiet down or they sort of disappear or they, you know, that is when I've seen, that's when people are feeling hurt, disappointed, they they don't know exactly what to say. They don't even necess- they don't necessarily physically leave the circle, but you can see them mentally and emotionally leave the circle. And recognizing as a leader, sometimes we need to allow them to process what they've heard and deal with it. Uh, and I think having discernment as to when you need to go back to the person and say, "Hey, are you okay?" Um, or just making it safe for them to come to you and say, hey, I wasn't really okay with that. I've, I've had that many a times. I think that's, that should be a normal part of us communicating with each other where uh, uh, in particular, <laughs> I have a wonderful, a wonderful team member who's very talented and is very opinionated about a certain thing that uh, we've had discussions about. And I'm just like, I hear you, brother. I understand this is the way we're going to handle this. And I really hope that it's okay. <laughs> you know, I hope that you're okay with that. Uh, but I, I do understand your opinion completely, completely. So, um, but yeah, I think we have to, as leaders, educate ourselves enough to know the difference and then how you approach. If someone is blowing up, you need to observe wait a minute, where did that come from? How did that happen? A lot of times blow-ups come out of like, whoa, nobody said anything, nobody did anything. All of a sudden this person just explodes. Okay, so what happened? (laughs) What just happened? That wasn't because Sally said such and such to Johnny. That was this person had something going on in them that got triggered. So I know it's kind of weird that we have to, as leaders, uh, be these days, I think, especially we have to be educated enough to know the difference between mental mental capacity and things that are happening in people's lives to stress them out and that ministry shouldn't be a stress out. It should be a place where we're challenged and encouraged and it's fun, but it's also an expectation of this is how we respect one another, care for one another, relate to one another. And if you're having this issue, we want to pray with you about it. You don't have to blow up. It's okay. This is safe. It's all right. (laughs) And um, so I, yeah, I just think it's really important that leaders understand mental capacity and what people are dealing with. And if you have any kind of relationship with, with your team, a lot of times you have a sense of 
this person, there's a lot of stress going on in their lives. So mm-hmm. this is an appropriate uh, amount of pressure for them right now or expectation for them right now. So I don't want to put them in a position where they might be triggered because I'm asking too much. Does that make sense? Totally. I, and okay. I love the, I love the, um, you're talking about coming in from the outside and things that kind of help people break, they might break somebody in a space like that because, and I think of it in terms of like parenting, like when my, one of my kids, one of my kids has a, a meltdown. If you can go back and go, they have, they've gone to bed late the last three nights in a row. Like we didn't like my kids, they like the level on like what they're eating. You go, we've had sugar. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it, it literally could just be, this isn't you. Your body is just not ready for what you were just given. And I like, I agree with that, Jason. Except these are adults, right? Correct. And they're responsible <laughs> for their own behavior. Correct. Um, and so I'm just trying to respect the space that they're in, but I'm not making excuse for their poor behavior. Totally. totally. So but I, I mean, for me, like I've walked into meetings before. I'm like, I should have had lunch, and I didn't. And like I'm, I like you start going. The answer that wants to come out of my mouth is not my answer, but that's where my brain takes it because I'm. Like I'm at a place where I'm like, I need, I should have eaten before I sat down. Hangry. I'm hangry. I'm hangry. <laughs> right. 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 I have not smoked enough veggies in the day. Right. But so, <laughs> so yeah. Brian, what are you thinking? Well, I, I, I love this idea because a lot of times, um, leaders, here's how I'll say it. Uh, curiosity gives us context. And if we don't have context, if we don't take the time to to be curious, then what's going to happen is we're going to go in guns blazing with whatever preconception, whatever conclusion we've jumped to, right? And so for me, um, you know, curiosity, um, curiosity is is not about like condoning. It's not. I'm not asking you questions to justify what you did. I just want to better understand how we got here, mm. so that I have context for what conversation am I having right now? Am I have a conversation be about your life? Am I having a conversation about pressures at work? Or are you just hangry? Like, was this a one-off, right? Because I'm not always looking for individual problems. I'm looking for patterns, right? So I'm like, what's the pattern of this person's life? If they're not the kind to pop off or to melt down, then I'm like, I got to know them well enough to know, okay, there's a piece of context that I'm missing for today. And asking some questions to be curious gives us, Jason, I think that context that we need to care for them well. How many C's did I put in that? That was one? a lot. It was good. <laughs> Curiosity <laughs> gives us context to care for the congregation well. No. Wow. No, well done, Dr. Seuss. That was amazing. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, good. Uh, this is so good. This is so good. Um, I'm just sitting back like I love I there's people are messy, right? Hmm. It just I mean, it's one of those things you get into ministry and you're like, I'm gonna be a worship leader and I'm gonna go. I'm going to go play and no one tells you prepare yourself. Like it's just, you go, there's like, there's like the, the dialogue between people can go great. And then when it doesn't, it's like, there's just a mess to clean up and it, it can be hard to do. Hey, Grant, what do you, what, 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 are, what are you thinking? Well, we've talked about in this, in this podcast right now, how sometimes someone might blow up 
And I guess we're imagining like a meeting or a rehearsal situation. I'm immediately thinking of a rehearsal situation. Um, but we've agreed that blow-ups are really quite rare. And then Denisha's talk about uh, someone melting down, which, which I think is slightly more common than someone blowing up. Um, but what's actually far more common is someone is, is, is carrying hurt and sort of hiding it. And they'll, they'll be heard about it later. And then maybe you find out they don't want to be on the roster anymore or they've quit you know, and um, that they can be harder to spot, you know, someone who's who's engaged in that rehearsal, but something's happened, it's upset them and they, and they don't know about it. Uh, you know, we don't know about it, but we find out about it later. We get an email or a text message or someone says something that somebody said and that's what we've got to try and avoid. I'd love the team to speak into that because I think that's probably more common. I think you can do all that you can do as a leader. You can try to make a safe environment for dealing with conflict. You can confess your own flaws or things that you're concerned with. You can try to set an example of that. You can, um, yeah, make it a safe space for that. But ultimately, it's that other person's responsibility to then come back to you, right? Um, if what I, what has happened at least with me if people do tend to do that if they would walk away then I would usually follow up and just say hey is everything okay you know I understand you you made a transition and that's completely okay know that we love you we want to send you off we want to encourage you um but it's okay if there's something that that you want to talk about through this so if they've made the decision to walk away versus come back and talk to you sometimes I mean, you can't control people's behavior, um, but you can, I think, speak to if you suspect, and this is anybody, I think if people are leaving for the right reasons or the wrong reasons, that, that people feel heard and cared about. And by just having, having a follow-up conversation and listening, I think that's what you can do in those situations. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh, that's so good. Oh man, as we uh, wrap up today, um, I, you guys know, I like to ask a food question as we kind of close out the podcast. Um, my food question is going to cause conflict. Just put it that way. Uh, what, I'm, <laughs> what I'm about to ask you is going to cause conflict inside of you, inside of our <laughs> listeners and inside of not anybody. Not again, Jason, not I just, again. I, again, this is going to bring up some conflict and I'm going to, there may be some canceling and you know, there may be some canceling going on in this, in this conversation. What is an uncommon combination of food that you like to put together? Oh, so mm-hmm. when I say that, I'm going to, I'll go first while you guys, I have an answer to this one. Um, okay. So I was uh, raisin bread, like raisin toast with cream cheese and sliced green olives on top of it. Mm. And it, it, you get the I'm sweet. Sorry. I didn't realize my mic was unmuted. That was visceral. <laughs> that, that was just a visceral. So I'm sorry. Listen, the I'm sure it's the wonderful, Jason. And the salty no. all in one. I'm sure it's it wonderful. Just, you, oh my gosh. It's, you should try it. Before you Brian, dog it, you do should not try encourage it. him. That's Don't encourage I him. just, can we just take a moment to pray? <laughs> We're just for Jason. Lord, would you. Open his name. eyes. Heal him. Would you show him things that he's just not, he's not seeing, Lord? Thank you for opening Forgive him, his Jesus. Eyes. Forgive him, Lord. Spit in Forgive his him. eyes, Lord. In Jesus' name. So, Brian, you're next now. What is, is there anything okay, that... Okay, listen, I don't really have any, I, I'm not an uncommon match kind of person. I mean, as, you know, the deepest I might get is some French fries and some a milkshake. You okay. You know, like... 
like Wendy's French fry. I don't know. So I wanted, Wendy's. I put no the, offense I, to the Wendy's I asked people. that question on this podcast a few months ago, and I was the only one that did that. Everybody else is was that like, not comp? Maybe oh, it's coming it. where I'm from. Uh-huh. I love French. You, you French dip fry. the French fry. You dip the oh, French fry in the milkshake. The French fry in the milkshake. Yeah. Mm. One and that has. It can't be like it's. It's got to be like a vanilla milkshake or chocolate. It can't just be like you know one of Chick Fil A's current milkshakes of the month. And it's got to be the right kind of fry. It really, it really, really does matter. But I mean, that's probably the most uncommon that I get. And that's <laughs> oh, not even. You. I started when I was like when I was a, uh, a kid. It was the Wendy's French fries back before their their fries are trash now. No offense yep. again to the Wendy's yeah, I understand. people. I understand. Respect you, love you, and I'm sure some of you love them. Um, I don't. Uh, they're right up there with me with the raisin bread chicken. <laughs> what did you say? Olives and cream cheese, whatever. <laughs> but it was the Wendy's French fry and the frosty. That's what started it for me. And uh, yeah, homemade though it's the way to go. Homemade. <laughs> wow, this is good. Wow. This is good. Grant, what do you do? You have an answer well, to that one? Um, well, can each of you three on this podcast tell me how you say the word P-I-E? Pie. Jason? Pie. 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 And, and now tell me, say it? Tell me, pie. But I've heard some, okay. some people in the South of America say pie. pie. I've heard that. <laughs> oh. Anyway. But anyway, so pie. especially like, like um, in America, when I lived in America, you know, apple pie, peach cobbler pie, you know, like also my favorite pie. Meat pie. No. Yes. No. Mm-hmm. Not a. That's not a, a thing. thing. It, it is should a thing. not be a. It is a How thing. How does mince one meat, make mince a meat, meat pie? pie? Is that a? Is that a mince it's, like, like yeah, shep, the, shepherd's pie? Shepherd's. It, well, similar yeah, to sure. shepherd's pie, but no, mm-hmm. no, like savory. like, savory like a, pie. a savory, pie pie in the uh, British colonies <laughs> is often savory. Yeah, like yeah. a chicken pot pie. I can get with yes. the chicken yeah. pot pie. Sure. Yeah, I can okay. get with you on that. I can so get with you. like beef beef and gravy, sometimes some melted yes. cheese in there mm-hmm. inside yes. a pie. Yes. That's a good that's a good lunch here in New Zealand. Love it. Hot pocket. Hot pocket. <laughs> it is a hot pocket. That's the Americanized <laughs> version. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But if you go to a sporting event, they're not going to be selling hot dogs. They're going to be selling, selling meat pie. Meat what? pie. Yeah. Hmm. Meat pie. The word, the, yeah. I after my after my answer, I, I'm not allowed to say anything. So no, uh, you're, no. you're not. <laughs> you're, you're just your your opinion shot. Sorry. So that, that's a very common. My my one's a very common combination for some of the world, but not terribly common for the United States. No, that's all. Darnisha, what about you? Man, I don't know how I got started with doing this, but I like turkey legs and ketchup. Hmm. Why I do? I don't. <laughs> I don't. Turkey leg, and you just you're just ketchuping and, and the turkey just leg. Some ketchup on it. I'm telling you, it's messed up, but it's delicious. <laughs> and ketchup, ketchup is that in a, in a, in New Zealand that's called sauce or tomato okay. sauce. Tomato. And in sauce. rhyming slang, it's dead horse. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, I, th- I thought I'd, I thought I'd nip you. So, have you heard of rhyming slang? No, no. but explain. No. Okay, okay, okay. It's it comes from this bonus sure. content, y'all. But, it's but, bonus but content. You, it's you get stuff. Yeah. <laughs> certain certain things become. I'm not going to tell you more of them, but but tomato sauce is way too long to say, so you shorten it to sauce, 
which for some reason gets lengthened again in rhyming slang. And everyone knows that dead horse, if you say I'll have a pie with dead horse or a chicken leg with dead horse or a turkey leg with dead horse, you know you mean sauce. And it's nothing to do with a dead horse. You order it. It's just it's longer. It's, it's, longer. it's, 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 it's right. even way it's, longer. That's great. It, yeah. It's just a thing. I guess it's like a glory. It's like an elevated chicken nugget, right? I, I, I mean, can get with chicken, you know, turkey leg. Yeah. It's a healthy, especially if that thing is smoked. Come That's on. what I'm talking about right get there. Smoked it. turkey mm. with ketchup. Mm. I get don't into it. It just seems like there's there's something wrong with that. <laughs> so, I don't, I, I'm gonna try it though. I'm, I'm trying to chase it. I know, but I'm yeah. I'm in. I mean, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not like Brian. I don't turn things down before even trying them. No, no. But I'll no, actually Jason, try. It's not the same. It is the same. Yeah. It is absolutely. You had me. Listen, I'll eat cream cheese on a cinnamon raisin bagel. I can get with that yeah. all day. It yeah. was when you added the olives that I just in my spirit, I knew God was not pleased. God was not pleased. Oh, he said, yes. even though he told Peter, just not, don't call anything unclean. I think he made, there's an asterisk. <laughs> If you look in the new international version and it yes, lists and that in the footnotes, <laughs> yes, <and> amen. <laughs> it's unclean. Amen. Oh, so there we <laughs> it's go. Unclean. You guys are awesome. Hey, as we wrap up today, this has been a month talking about conflict and I thought we'd end it with this. And so I'm talking about uh, food, but Hey, thanks for hanging out with everybody this week, this month. And I hope this, this podcast has, will help you guys move forward as uh, conflict will come and uh, conflict will happen. And so um, we'll see. Every- Go try one of these methods that we just talked about: turkey leg and ketchup. Uh, one of the, the the sandwich of olives and uh, and and raisin bread, and uh, let us know what you think. So uh, we'll see everybody next week.